A Meeting of Terrors by Joe Talon Chapter 1 The landline yelled through the house and I punched its way through the front door while I struggled to open it. Still panting from my run, I scooped up the receiver. Turner? Lorne? Yes? Thank God. I've been ringing for ten minutes. I frowned. I'm sorry. Who? Summer said accent, but not heavy. Elements of grammar school in there somewhere. Oh, sorry. It's Roger Delaney. The mist of confusion cleared. Roger, right. What can I do for you? Delaney owned a lot of land. Not a farmer. A landowner who inherited a minor title of some kind. My dad's generation. But being a grammar school boarder, they weren't really contemporaries. The posh accent carved him a place in the local but other category. He and my father had been drinking buddies for years. There's been an accident, a cliff fall. How soon can you be down on the bluff near Coombe Martin? Damn, that's... I did a quick mental calculation. At least forty-five minutes. Can you do it in thirty? he asked. I heard the panic. For Roger Delaney to be releasing any emotion other than English bonhomie sent a chill up my spine. You're going to warn the local old bill and pay the speeding fine? I towed off my trainers. Right now I'll pay you to race the bloody old bell if it would get you here faster. Landowners are not known for throwing their cash about. That's how they survive. What happened, Roger? I asked, keeping my voice even, calm. The one I used with the lads when things went noisy, and not in a fun way. There's been a cliff collapse, which wouldn't be a problem, but there were kids on the bloody beach, and the tide has come in. It's high, Lorne, really high. You can't get the boats in and the professional cliff climbers are down in bloody Cornwall on a training. I'm on my way. Send the GPS location to my phone. I'll bring my rig and I'll be on the bike. The air rushed out of the man on the other end. Thank you. I'll see you soon. I hung up and started to move. The wind ripped over the clifftop, almost pulling me off my beloved KTM 790 adventure. The ride down from the top of the moor to the coast had been terrifying. For every damned moment I'd felt life surging and plunging through my veins. Rarely these days did something as simple as existence fill me with the thrill of the chase. The roads, due to the shitty autumn weather, were clear of tourists, and the locals didn't venture out much on a Sunday. Most of them would be home, enjoying a warm fire on family time. Reaching the GPS location I saw a field of sheep-shorn grass, barren of trees that had more sense than to grow and battle the endless wind crowd of people stood at the far end, and I bumped the bike over the rough terrain to join them. Adrenaline coloured the world in vivid shades of grey, green, blue, and the wild white of cloud and sea spume. I took a breath of salt-bitter air and tried to settle my energy. I climbed off the bike, removed the gear I'd stowed on the back, and patted the bike's sharp-angled orange and black tank to say thank you for the ride. Looking around, I spotted Roger Delaney talking to two uniformed police officers. Their thick coats were stark black against the sky. Delaney watched me approach and waved. Lorne, thank goodness, this is Marshall and Hennessy, the first officers on the scene. They can tell you what happened. The parents are over there, but it's difficult to get information out of them. I thought you'd appreciate a more succinct report. Delaney wore a thick shooting jacket, heavy card trousers and practical black Wellington boots. He had ruddy round cheeks and a cap on his head, defying the wind. It looked like he'd been born wearing the damned thing. The broken blood vessels under his skin and rotund stature made it clear he was the wrong side of sixty to be drinking port, eating cheese and red meat, but he wasn't the kind to stop. I shook the hands of the officers. 
a woman in her thirties, would give an Exmoor pony a run for its money in the strong and stucky department, and a man who looked like the wind might rip him from our small gathering any moment. He lowered over me, but many men did, to be honest. Lorne Turner, I stated. Roger snorted. Sergeant Major Turner was in the regiment, not that he'll ever admit it to you. I glared at Roger. My father's loose tongue, Roger? He shrugged with no shame whatsoever for outing me. Something for a father to be proud of, Lorne. Don't forget that. Your old man was very proud of you. My old man had little to no idea what I did beyond fighting for queen and country. This would not be a battle I could win, though, so I kept my mouth shut on the subject and addressed the police officers. Why am I here? I asked. I almost asked for a sit-rep, but realized I'd make them uncomfortable. I worked hard to blend in with the new life of a civilian. It had been almost ten months since I'd become a full-time civilian. Ten months of battling my personal demons. Focus, turn over your loser down plot again. The woman, Hennessy, said, A group of the local teenagers, fifteen, sixteen years old, thought it would be fun to climb down to the hidden cove to watch the waves and enjoy a fumble. She was the sergeant by the stripes on her arm. Knowing the names of the missing, we are fairly certain a reasonable amount of alcohol and drugs were involved. Though the parents deny it, of course. Anyway, no one realised they'd be there until one of the parents received a phone call. How the hell they managed to get a connection, we don't know, but thank goodness they did. Apparently they'd been in a cave and hadn't realised the storm had grown worse. When they tried to climb up the way they'd come down, the sea cut them off. So they're stranded on the beach, I asked, not really understanding why I'd been called off the moor to help. She looked at her colleague. Marshall's voice, sounding as if it came from the bottom of a well, surprised me. No, the storm is pounding the beach and tore down a chunk of cliff. We don't even know if they are alive. No one can raise them on a mobile. We can't climb down. We can't get the lifeboat close to the shore. And the helicopter can't lift off in this wind and stay close to the cliff. We have no experienced climbers in the area. Exmoor is not really known too well for its climbing. The rich, Devon, roll and dry understatement summed up the calm delivery. You want me to go down there to find out if it's bodies you're dealing with or alive people? I looked into three pairs of eyes, two mucky brown, Hennessy's vivid blue. They were asking me to risk my life for people who might be dead. Yes, Hennessy was the one brave enough to admit to the coming sacrifice. We also need you to check out the cave to see if they're behind the rockfall, if you can get there without placing yourself in unnecessary danger. I blinked at her, and she had the good grace to blush. They all knew I'd be facing insane odds getting my ass down there. I took in a breath to explain just that in some detail, when a small woman strode towards us wearing a climber's harness. The wind tore at her dark, cropped hair. Not a problem to afflict me. What little hair I had left, I shaved off. Right, Roger, where's the other climber you found me? she asked. Small, somewhere in her early forties, maybe, made of vibrating tensile steel. Bright, hazel eyes assessed me in turn. Mmm, Roger mumbled. She rolled her eyes at him and smiled at me. I'm guessing you haven't mentioned me yet. Ella Morgan. She stuck her hand out. I grasped and engulfed her hand, but her grip tightened like a pit bull's. With no wish to make her feel like I had something to prove, I matched, but I did not exceed her grasp. She gave me a small nod, but whether in acknowledgement or gratitude I couldn't tell. Lauren Turner. You know how to climb? I thought back to my many adventures on rock faces all over the world, including K2, which had almost killed me. I'd never done Everest, but I had my reasons for that decision. Yes, I said, keeping it simple. Right, I told them I wouldn't do it without a climbing buddy. 
I'd have done it without a climbing buddy, but I was a junkie idiot for dangerous situations. Her attitude reminded me of the first sergeant when I'd been a regular grunt in the Royal Green Jackets, now the 4th Battalion, the rifles, twenty years ago, but her voice sounded like that of a stone-carved angel from south of the Thames somewhere. Wiser heads need to prevail in a situation like this, I said, managing to avoid army jargon. That's one of the hardest bits to give up when you're under pressure. The desire to slip back into familiar patterns of speech is almost overwhelming in its offer of comfort, but keeping my language that of a civilian helped ground me in the present. I needed all the help I could get in that department. Elder Morgan looked pleased with me so far. I had not fallen into a trap of calling her a coward by doing the right thing and waiting for another experienced climber. Okay, I've assessed the cliff edge, Mr. Turner, but if you'd like to check it, I'd appreciate your thoughts. Show me, I said. We stumped over the soggy grass to the edge of the cliff. This area of Devon was made up of sandstone, limestone, and slate, none of which were easy climbing, because they crumbled like Wensleydale cheese. However, they did give a climber a lot of hand and foothold. Where exactly is this cave they were supposed to be using? I asked. Miss Morgan pointed down, and the wind ripped at her practical climbing jacket, and she hunched in an effort to make a small target. I peered over the crumbly edge. The sea clawed at the land with a level of spite you never wanted to underestimate. As predicted, the going would be very, very dangerous. Still want to climb, Mr. Turner? she asked, almost shouting against the wind. To be honest, my gut said no. I did not want to climb down there to look for a bunch of idiot delinquents. I stared into the bright hazel eyes and saw a calm confidence I'd rarely witnessed, even among my peers. 22nd Regiment Special Air Service attracted all kinds of men, but never men afraid of a fight. I did not want to lose my life over a bunch of kids who strayed off more than one path to end up here. Miss Morgan, however, she'd do it, and I had the feeling she'd do it with or without me tagging along. The chances of her surviving without me were cut in half, maybe more. You know this is nuts, right? She grinned and her eyes flashed green for a moment. Yeah, but it'd be fun. I chuckled. Well, if I'm going to hell, it'll be a shame to go alone. Oh, don't worry, Mr. Turner, we aren't going to hell. You know that, do you? I asked, climbing into my rig and tightening the straps. She grinned at me, checking her harness again. I watched her stump off to find a vehicle we could use to tie our ropes off, rather than trust the soggy ground with stakes. I looked down at the cliff again, maybe fifty metres to the top of the landslide, another twenty-five to the pounding sea, and the beach somewhere under the tumult of waves. I'd far rather fast rope down the side of a glass building with an M-16 strapped to my chest and body armour to protect me. But picking our way down an unstable cliff in high winds with the seaplane catcher's mitt happened to be the day's challenge. Mind you, looking over to the families now gathering around Ms. Morgan, I had to admit that doing something good for my community felt right. I'd done some shitty things for my country, so helping now might wake the scales in favour a little. It might calm the nightmares. The monster who screamed. The desert memories haunting me were distanced by the grey heaving mass of the Bristol Channel. The sea and wind howling at me kept me present. All too often the memories weren't distant. They crowded me, tugging at my scarred flesh with ghostly fingers. No, today will be a good day for making new and positive memories. Turning back, I watched Miss Morgan and saw her do something I'd not seen since the last funeral I'd attended for the men I'd lost under my command. She made the sign of the cross over her narrow chest and bowed her head in prayer 
and the others in the group followed suit. Major Delaney walked over to me. Local vicar, he said, watching her. I laughed. Now I know why I'm not going to hell on this little jaunt. He grinned at me. Yeah, she does give you a bit of a head start, though you don't want to get on the wrong side of her. Scary doesn't quite cover it, apparently. She's single as well, Lorne. I snorted. Wise decision in my experience, Roger. Very wise decision. Lorne Turner, Supernatural Mystery Thrillers, available on Audible.